What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. I have a question... What's that, little hulkster? Hulk Hogan? That's right, brother. I mean, someone who sounds like Hulk Hogan, but uh, copyright-wise is not technically Hulk Hogan. That's right. Um, sure. Why not? Don't internet search me. Okay, my mom doesn't let me use Google anymore anyway. That's probably for the best, little hulkster. Wait a second. Maybe you can help me. I'll do what I can. Where I'm looking for all the wrestling news, rumors, and all the results, and I can't find them anywhere. Well, let me tell you something, little hoaxer. If you need your fix for internet wrestling rumors and results and all the inside information, you're going to need to go to WrestlingNewsWorld.com. If you're not there, you're not anywhere, brother. Wow, thanks, kind of Hulk Hogan. Sure thing, little hoaxer. Remember, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and go to school and all that other stuff, because I'm not really Hulk Hogan, so I don't know what he'd want to say. WrestlingNewsWorld.com Hey, Nathan. Hello, Brandon. So, uh, got our next movie coming up, eh? Oh, yes, our uh, next in our summer blockbuster or lackluster flopbuster season. Yep, we're doing Pearl Harbor. Um... That that didn't come out in the summer. It's a summer blockbuster. No, no, it's no, it's not. No, 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 it's not. Uh, it was released on May twenty fifth. That's in the spring. Summer blockbuster. No, 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 no. Again, no, no, no. Okay, that movie came out in the spring. I'm not watching a three hour movie for our summer blockbuster series that came out in the spring. That is a spring movie. Hollywood says it's a summer blockbuster. Hollywood's wrong. Okay, I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry right now for the Summer Solstice, and Summer Solstice begins either on June 20th or 21st. Not in May. May is still spring. Summer? No! It, uh... No! uh, But... No! Nathan? (laughs) That was a recreation... Of a conversation that took place earlier this week. Because this is not a summer movie. I will settle this debate once and for all. I agree with you that oh. it did not come out during the summer. I will Very give you good. that. So it's not one... a summer movie. We, will... we can talk about another movie? <laughs> no. I will give you that 100%. However, for Hollywood, as wrong as they may be, summer all the block... time. Summer... Just about every time. <laughs> summer blockbuster season is from usually from the end of May till about mid-August. That's just okay. when they really... All right, so you know what? Uh, Hollywood executives clearly know nothing, nothing at all, because if I could teach them how seasons work, because the summer solstice, a.k.a. summer, begins either June 20th or June 21st, and it ends September 20th, or sorry, 22nd or 23rd. That is how it works. Autumn begins on that date. That means summer goes from June until September, not May until August. That is just asinine. 
So welcome to another episode of What Were They Thinking? Uh, <laughs> I'm Brendan. So, so frustrated. I am Nathan. And we have a very special guest with us here today. Returning guest from our WrestleMania 11 episode, uh, live in studio, Jason McLeod. Hi, guys! We could have watched Suicide Squad. I Well, you know, that wasn't that... See, the thing about Suicide Squad was that I thought it was actually mildly entertaining. Uh, but this movie is a whole different s- thing. There are several movies that we've covered on this podcast that were mildly entertaining. Judgment Night, <laughs> Critters, American Ninja, all fantastically entertaining. Absolutely deserve to be on this podcast. I agree with the same thing with Suicide Squad. And what it has is that it came out in the bloody summer. <laughs> Do you need <sighs> a drink or... <laughs> I had several while watching this movie. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, as you may have guessed by now, we were talking about Michael Bay's uh, epic uh, summer blockbuster, Pearl Harbor. Fuck yeah! Uh, actually, this is the one that lives up most uh, to our uh, one of our, t- our taglines for this uh, whole series. This was an absolute summer lackluster. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Agreed. Um... In a movie called <laughs> yes, let's, yeah, let's, let's, right. in a movie, let's do that right now. No, and no, we'll just be done with it. And we don't have to spend three hours talking about this movie. I just, I just wanted to say, as oh. much as that sounded like a wrap up, in a movie that is called Pearl Harbor, um, mm-hmm. the Pearl Harbor ta- attack occurs conservatively halfway into the movie. Yes, we we we, we spend like a, a good, oh, I'm not gonna say good, but we spend an hour of the movie uh, with. Uh, a, a, uh, oddly charismatic less Ben Affleck in England. Yep. Fighting over the White Cliffs of Dover. Yeah. <laughs> which is nowhere near Pearl Harbor. No. no. We get a lot of non-Pearl Harbor content, I'm going to say right off the bat. Um, uh, are you, you alright there? Uh, this okay. goddamn movie. So... Just before we get go, uh, well, actually, no. Let's just let's just dive right in, guys. This is a long movie. We are gonna we are gonna glaze over some stuff because we do not have time. Just to cover like all my of- eyes glazed over several times while I was watching this thing. We we keep talking about the length, and I just want to quote a a favorite film critic of mine who had the encapsulating description of this film. Uh, Roger Ebert, in his review of this film, described it as a two hour movie crammed into three hours, and I think we all can agree <laughs> that that is the case. Yes. Yes, this movie could have been trimmed down considerably and made at least uh, tolerable had it been cut down to about two hours, the average Bay entry. Yeah, I would argue the first hour and a half could be 40 minutes. I argue a good portion of the first hour and a half does not need to be there at all. No, but I mean, could be ten, fifteen. I'll give minutes. him. I'll give him a half an hour, forty minutes of setup to the Pearl Harbor attack, and then the yes. aftermath with the where they go to Japan, and then that's it. That's you know what? A, a, a lot need. of times, people will say with movies that um, a, a love scene or a, a B story, a love story, seems tacked on. This is the first incidence where um, uh, it, the, the the main story felt tacked on. <laughs> the war was tacked on. <laughs> so but- no, the love that 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 love story or a triangle between Affleck and and, and Hartnett and and the, uh, the t- 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 Nursey, um, 
seemed like it did not need to exist. Oh, well, it could have been a perfectly shitty movie on its own. They could have taken yes. that and just turned it into like a like with the war as like a background setting and not even address the attacks. They could have just had a shitty romantic movie and been done with it and then saved all the rest of the money for a good war movie. But no, right. they had to jam the fuckers together. And there were several really good real stories yep. in this movie that could have been told about real historical figures that were in this movie. Well, Nathan, now let me just uh, let me just mention because you mentioned the uh, the love triangle. I want to say uh, Kate Beckinsale plays a nurse in this movie. Nursing, never, yes. never have we seen a more inappropriate nurse since <laughs> the days of Monkey Bone. <laughs> This is this is true. Um, <laughs> That's immediately what came to mind. Monkey bone. Several, actually, then, several nurses that are inappropriate. Yeah, but her uh, at, for most, yes. He 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 was acting flirty with me, so I jammed him in the ass with a needle harder. <laughs> like he literally says, "I think you hit the bone." But she's a sassy '40s nurse, though. She, uh, and uh, we have uh, because of this movie has such a bloated cast and a runtime. We have several. What were they thinking? All stars now. Yes. Uh, Michael Shannon is back. Yeah. He plays, yeah. he, at first I thought this, I know they said his name was Goose, but I thought they said his name was Goose, and I was like, he's I, fucked. Oh, he was not, they, he, I thought he was, I thought he was Goose. Yeah. They it's, kept saying that. It's like Goose or Goose or something like that, but it, as soon as I heard okay. his name, I said, oh, he's gonna die then. Because <laughs> he's, he's Goose in a movie about aviation. Which, yeah. Um, Wait, though, does he die? I thought he No, did. he doesn't. Yeah, I was gonna say, he was on the raid. Okay, a, we'll get there. A, a lot of, no. a lot of people don't. Um, <laughs> no, feel free to jump right to that, Jason. Just feel free to jump right to that as soon as we can. No, better. we need to, we need to go through this bait, beat by beat. We need to d- dissect this. Uh, so, oh. so Michael Shannon is back. Um... William Fickner, very briefly, is back. And great and great performance. I enjoyed that very much. <laughs> you don't know what I've seen in them trenches. Like, great. Yeah. Um, Josh Hartnett is back. Uh, yep. in, our, in our hearts. Spe- specifically in another lead role, too. Like, he was the lead in our second episode, Hollywood Homicide, which you can only check out on YouTube, by the way. And good luck, because the audio quality it's is not good. Absolutely um, dreadful. <laughs> um, and then Jen Garner is back. Woo. Yep. Um, and she is horrible in this movie. <laughs> she, all she's of, the nerdy horny nurse. She has that. That's that's her thing. She got the curly hair, the glasses. She's the nerdy horny nurse. Of, but if you consider the fact of uh, the role she played in the previous uh, appearance on our show, she clearly has range. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this movie is just full of her uh, reaction shots, basically. <laughs> yes. And like. Over the top, like nine lives reaction shots to like Pearl Harbor, the movie. Well, to be fair, she does have a very expressive visage, so. And uh, did you think it was interesting that. Uh, no, she's I didn't. In this... <laughs> oh. Hold on a second! <laughs> she's in this movie uh, with Ben Affleck. Uh, I think this was not long before they got together, right? This was actually, I think this was. This when was, did this come out? 2001? This is post J Lo, I think. Is it? Oh, no, this is no, pre J No, no, this is pre J Lo. Okay. Because G was like 2003. So was yeah, Garner. Giggly, Giggly came out around 2003, 2004. <laughs> was Garner just kind of like set in her tracks? or? Yeah. Maybe, huh? They, they were getting into it on the, you know, on the set. Michael Bay, there's so much cocaine around that everybody was just doing whatever. <laughs> wait, so. wait, let's go back for a second. In in our Bad Boys 2 episode, you mentioned, uh, I don't know, Jason, if you heard this, but you, uh, Nathan mentioned uh, an audition that Henry Rollins did for Bad Boys 2. And yes. basically, he had to scare the shit out of Michael Bay. Uh-huh. To get the audition, so just think everyone in this movie. No, it was the it was the audition for 
Armageddon, right. where he scared the shit out of Michael Bay, that got him the role in Bad Boys 2. Nice. So, so just think about everybody in this movie having to scare the shit out of Michael Bay. <laughs> oh. Jennifer Gardner. <laughs> Going in and breaking chairs and yelling at Michael Bay. Uh, you would be perfect, perfect... <laughs> Perfect for our nerdy reactionary nurse. I, ooh, I'm feeling, feeling. Yeah, la, 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 la. <laughs> Kate Beckinsale just doing her underworld moves. Yes. <laughs> um. Okay. So in the first like five ten minutes of this movie, but we should we should like re- go real briefly over what the story is here because yes. uh, Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett uh, start out in the movie as uh, children. And uh, it takes us not even a minute into this movie where we hear someone say, Land of the Free, Home of the Brave. <laughs> and, oh, yes, this this movie. And uh, basically they're playing around in a, in a plane. Like, like you just, do, like as you a do, child. As a child. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we learn that... When your dad's a crop duster, I guess, anyways. <laughs> That's right. We, and we learn that Ben Affleck uh, is not... His character is not very smart. Um, <laughs> he's slightly illiterate. And... Uh, Josh Hart. This is okay. I want to start with this right off the bat because the dynamic between the two changes throughout the movie all the time. Mm-hmm. Because Josh Hart, it, we see him as being like a sort of uh, like a protector, right? Mm. Yes. Um, but then that changes. Like that changes a, a few times. Yes, the George and Lenny dynamic definitely uh, switches a few times in the movie, mm-hmm. and like for no discernible reason. No. Josh Hartnett also basically sends Ben Affleck to his death because, well, anyway, <laughs> William Fickner, uh, William Fickner shows up here. He's, uh, he's Hartnett's father, right? Yeah. And he has this thing where he, he beats he his beats son. He beats the shit out of his kid. He beats the shit out of his kid. And then Affleck hits him in the head with a, with a wood, piece of wood and calls him a dirty German. Mm-hmm. And that makes him better. That makes him stop, yeah. It makes him yeah. think. It really gives him a moment of pause. He had a, was I he had a, him? I remember he had when a, the Germans slapped me. I shouldn't do that had, to my boy. He had a dirty German change of heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I fought the Germans. I hope no one sees what I have to see. Oh, this, the the thing though is, I did make a note when they uh, when they actually started up the plane and and started uh, you know trying to fly. I was like, oh, they're gonna get such a beating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, even the best parents at that time beat their kids on a regular basis. Yeah, it was, would not be a surprising thing to see a, a father slap his son like that. Uh, yeah, I think at the time you were probably judged as a parent based on how well you did it. Like any- right, if you didn't give your kid at least one or two fatal beatings a week, you were just failing as a parent. <laughs> 1920s parenting in Tennessee was not ab fat. Why do you think they had so many kids? Just in case they beat a couple of them to death. But you know, Exactly, yeah, it's playing the odds. Yeah. So, basically, uh, we get the idea that Josh Hartnett is protecting him or whatever, because he's but Affleck's character's not so bright. Then we see them later as they're, like, uh, they're basically Top Gun pilots, let's just face it. They're playing air chicken! It's, yeah. yeah, it's literally, like, the beginning of Top Gun, but instead of buzzing the tower, it's just chicken in front of the tower, like... Because that's what you do with, you know, <laughs> hugely expensive warplanes. Well, my theory is that Jerry Bruckheimer is one of the producers on this movie, right? I think so. Um, I feel like he insisted on that because he also <laughs> produced Top Gun. Right. And I think, I don't know if he, dr- no, it was Tony Scott that directed it. But Oh, that's why he's Goose. <laughs> oh, go. shit. 
Getting it's, this thing solved right out of the gate. This is Goose's dad. Goose from Top Gun, this is his dad. And he's a mechanic, but he's also an apartment pilot. It's great. That's why he had to live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he hasn't had Goose yet. This is all in the... So, his, so his son could die. This is all part of the Bruckiverse. <laughs> the Bruckiverse. It's the extended Bruckiverse shared universe. I, 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 I'm I more accepting of the Bruckiverse than I am the Bainiverse. Oh. So Ben Affleck, uh, we quickly learn his southern accent is going to be a little a little here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, and very like 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 of the era kind of film southern accent, it seems to me. It, it sounds like a northern actor in the 40s doing a southern accent. I don't know if that's what he was going for. Sir, I say sir. <laughs> <laughs> like it disappears at a, at a moment's notice, too. It's it's just it's all over the place. Um, Josh Hartnett probably maybe worse. Yeah, in in general, but yes, also <laughs> in the movie. Guys, is there any good Josh Hartnett performances in the world? Like, uh, Sin City. Okay. Sin City. Wait, wait, hold on a sec. Just just one question. I mean, I'm thinking about this now. Was there any like okay? So these two guys don't have Southern accents in real life, right? That's fine. You know, sometimes you do it. Did the fact that they were Southern figure into the plot one iota at all? No. 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 So why did no. they have them do... So, like, why was that the choice made that they would both do terrible Southern accents when there was fucking no reason for it? Well... Right. If you just need a couple of kids who were crop dusters, yeah. Nebraska... Yeah, exactly. Well, well, this is the thing, guys. They had to uh, be true to the characters that they weren't based on. <laughs> so Exactly. <laughs> Fictional characters have a very strong history. Um, yeah. So yeah. at this point, Alec Baldwin. Oh, so Alec Baldwin is their like great. Commander. By the way, fucking great. I love him as Doolittle. He is <laughs> Major one of the highlights of this movie. <laughs> Imagine if he had a subplot where he was talking to animals. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would be great. It would make this movie ten times better. I you know it was nice to see Baldwin uh, pre okay well maybe ongoing booze. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely expected him to call Ben Affleck Lemon a few times. <laughs> yeah. But. At this point, I'm like, every one of his lines is basically like, you're a real piece of work, but God damn it, do I respect you. <laughs> Just the, yes. <laughs> Just the best, like, wrote kind of war movie type of talk. It's great. Again, it's like straight out of like a movie from the 40s or 50s kind of shit. Yeah. Um, oh, man. So, okay, and this, this is where, well, I mean... I'm going to say this a lot because the movie is a piece of shit, but this is where the movie gets really, I, I think this part's really odd. This is because, where the turn happens. Yeah. Because, well, because it's, it's present flashback, present flashback, present flashback. Yes. What? Okay. The whole, like when you have a relationship movie and you do the meet cute or whatever between your two leads at the beginning of the movie, they're like, they're already together. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, and she's just Kate, uh, nursey, uh, we'll call her, I guess. <laughs> Uh, it's just telling the other nurses, like, in flashback, how her and Affleck hooked up. Like, it's right. already been established. Like, it's it's just such a weird way to tell that. I I, I was like... It seems to me like that, that sort of thing, like, they could have just... I mean, if they're gonna go for it and make this friggin' movie three hours long, they should have just done that as, like, the... In, like, a natural progression as told in a linear fashion. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I just realized why they did that. Why? It's so they can have the line where when she's telling the nurses about the story, Jen Garner has to say, that's the most romantic story I've ever heard. <laughs> they have Good to point. tell us that. They have to what drive a payoff. 
conclude this is a story about how Ben Affleck comes into the to get his to get his checkup um before you know shipping off or whatever and Josh Hartnett like uh helps him read the eye chart which again this is what I said about sending him to his death yeah <laughs> because or because he can't he can't read it and then she jams a needle in his ass because he made like a flirty comment mm-hmm. and he literally says you hit the bone and then they're like laughing about it and she's like i had to do it he was being he was being forward yes <laughs> and being fresh that's apparently the most romantic story they've ever heard <laughs> right that time where you nearly gave your boyfriend an overdose <laughs> yeah that's the other thing too he almost dies <laughs> Yeah, it hits his head. Then he hit his head off the fucking table. He hits yeah. his head, I, and then I, he champagne corks himself. If, in the if face. I hadn't, okay, I don't remember. That was. I, I gotta say, that was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> where he hit himself in the nose with the champagne cork. <laughs> where he corked himself with the cork right yeah. in the nose. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> I, it was that actually. This is the. And I made this note. It, I noted it several times throughout the movie, but this was the first time I, I noted this. Did guys have frosted tips in the 40s? <laughs> I don't believe so. There are several times throughout this movie you can see just the slightest hints of blonde at the ends of, like, Affleck's and uh, Hartnett's hair. I think that could be an uh, anachronism, uh, Nathan. It okay. very well could be. <laughs> We start talking Spell about it. historical inaccuracies in this uh, movie. Oh, boy. Yeah. A-N-A-C-H-R-O-N-I-S-M. Very good. Thank you. Uh, this is, uh, this is uh, what were they spelling? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. It's better than that other podcast, How Did This Get Spelled? <laughs> <laughs> With uh, Jane Diane uh, Raphael. <laughs> Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then we got that thing... Oh, that that there's a line right out of like a Bridget Jones movie here because when she's doing the flashback when they're when they're meeting up or whatever, she also has a line where she says he had a very cute butt. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did they I, I again maybe it'd be another one of those words that you spelled, um, but I don't feel that they used that term for the behind her. He's got a teacher. sweet rump. Oh no, right. She, I think I but I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like uh, that would be so, something that. Uh, would have been popularized in the at that time, but I could be wrong. Uh, he had one hell of a us. Right. Well, if she was a Jewish nurse. Yeah, <laughs> see? They should have just gone all out. They should have gone full w- Michael Mayer. W.C. Like, Fields? Oh, I see his cock through his pants. Yes. Kate Beckinsale should have done a W.C. Fields impression the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, my little chickadee. Come here and I'll stab you in the ass with a needle. Yeah, you're getting fresh with me. Fresh, I tell ya. Oh, man. So... Okay. Um, this is what this movie did to us, folks. This is what this movie did to us. <laughs> Ewan Bremner from Trainspotting is in this movie. And yes, like, sick he, boy. Yeah, he may have had the he may have had the worst accent, as you were saying. Brendan um, thought I was talking about the wrestler when I mentioned sick boy. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this. I was like, sick boy is in this movie. Why didn't they just get the whole flock? <laughs> 2001, right at the height of their popularity. Hey, they would, yeah. it would have been not shortly, like shortly after. It was shortly after it was sold, yeah. yeah. Pearl Harbor starring Raven's Flock. <laughs> They're playing the planes. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of the planes, I have a note here too that Michael Bay apparently uh, painted the Japanese planes the wrong color. Uh, yes, early on in the, in the war, the Japanese Zeros, as I understand, were mostly white. Um, they were painted that forest green later in the war. 
but they were not they would not have been green in 1941 during this particular attack do you guys want to know why he did that that he gave an actual reason oh why because he's terrible well yes (laughs) he wanted to make sure the audience this is these are his words Uh he wanted to make sure the audience could differentiate between the good guys and the bad guys because uh-huh. because having white planes might assume that they're the good guys. Yeah. The the big red circle on the side of it doesn't mean anything to these people. Right. Uh, or, you know, the Asian guy speaking Japanese yeah. flying it, <laughs> possibly. I will say, I, I have to give them kudos for this. This was not one of those movies where the, uh, the foreign enemy spoke English but with a foreign accent. Uh, yes, I did appreciate that. Uh, question, though. Do you think Michael Bay... Used actual Japanese. Uh, well, no, actually, several of the uh, the people I saw were uh, Hawaiian-born. Oh no, I don't mean. Sorry, I don't mean Japanese people. I mean the language. Like, do you think he was just like <laughs> just just say just say some gibberish? <laughs> just, just make it just say gibberish that sounds like you're lifting a house. I'll just put subtitles underneath it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you know what? It would it would certainly play along with uh, one of his signature moves, which is casual racism. <laughs> but he gets several of that later in the movie. I know not what you speak of. Yeah, we well, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh. Um. So it's let's... like Hulk Hogan wrote the uh, <laughs> wrote the dialogue at the height of his feud with Yokozuna. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, wrestling fans, watch WrestleMania Nine. Oh, watch Hulk Hogan's please promo. Please don't watch WrestleMania. Or just 9. watch please that save clip. Yourself. Just watch. Yeah. yeah just watch the clip. Just watch that promo. <laughs> it's it's. Um, I, I wrote a note here that apparently it took Ben Affleck six hours to make an origami bird. He says that at one point. Why did he have to do it? <laughs> Don't they have, can't they, it was like a hundred million dollar movie. Couldn't they hire some, couldn't they get Edward oh. James almost to do it? No, Jesus. no, no. I don't, I don't mean he actually did it. Oh. <laughs> in the movie, in the movie, the character says, it took me six hours to make Oh, three. okay. I see what you're okay. saying. Okay. <laughs> 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 I wasn't making. I was actually, I was actually going to make an observation on, on method actors and how they're just they're, they're poor at acting, but. Oh, hey, 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 Ben, Ben, we have an origami bird in this scene. Can you make it? Yeah, it's going to take me about six hours, Mike. Yeah, yeah, go back to your trailer. <laughs> well, we we got a guy. No, no, no. <laughs> the character demands I do this myself. Ben, are you sure? Yeah. It's not an issue. I've, I have to do it, Michael. Um, So, okay, so this romantic thing, it's not a love triangle yet. It's basically just Ben Affleck and, uh, and Nursey. Um... They have their big party. Uh, basically, he tells her like, uh, "This is this is the part." Okay, he kind of like fucks with her psychologically <laughs> because he says, "I'm going away. I'm joining the British." Which, by the way, I looked this up. This would not happen. This this though, I if you were enlisted, yeah, in like with the, the Americans, I have it written down here. Uh, you would actually not be able to go overseas and fly with the, well, you the, would probably the Eagle to, Squadron. Wouldn't you need to resign your commission as an officer and then go join the, the Royal Air Force? Maybe? I think you would need, yeah, I think you would need to full-on, like, yeah, it's, move Because it's, it's a volunteer thing. Like, it's like the French Foreign Legion. You would have to, you would basically be joining their military because the United States was not officially involved, so they couldn't have any official American squadrons. Otherwise, they would then be drawn into the war. Yeah. Which, eventually they are. See later in the movie, but not yet. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm just kidding. This movie is a hundred percent historically accurate. <laughs> well, actually, that that part didn't set that bad with me because I do know that there were uh, Canadians uh, who volunteered to go fight in 
It was a Korea or Vietnam. Yeah. Even though we weren't involved in that, uh, that skir- those skirmishes. And they had to so, join up with well, the U.S. Army here, to do so. Here, here's, what it, here's what it says. Um, the inclusion of Affleck's character in the Eagle Squadron is another jarring aspect of this film since active duty U.S. airmen were prohibited from joining the squadron, although some American civilians did join the RAF. Oh, well, there you go. Then yeah. that's probably... That is would be it right there. Uh, Jason would probably yeah. right. He would have had to have uh, resigned from military service in the right. U.S. military. So yeah. Eagle Squadron then was probably you know your your ex World War One pilots and and like people that had been flying planes you know in the interwar period for civilian purposes maybe. But yeah, it would probably be difficult to get out of the uh, U.S. Air Force yeah. on the verge of a war that they they knew was probably going to happen at some point. So they weren't just going to let people go <laughs> willy nilly. Major Doolittle, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go. Yeah, gonna get, gonna go and, uh, and I'm gonna go. fly for the British. Just gonna go pop <sighs> off. Just gonna go pop off and uh, fly for another country. And that's what we fight. I'm gonna for. tell you something. It's it's highly against regulations, and and uh, we'll throw. You, we would normally throw you in the brig for it, and you'd be you'd be doing your country a disservice. But God damn it, I respect you. <laughs> I respect a man who'll fight for the monarch we rebelled against over 200 years ago. Now get, there, there you go. Now yeah. get off. Get out of my office, Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so he fucks with uh, Nursey psychologically because he says he's going off to with the Eagle Squadron. And he says, don't see me off. Like, don't come see me. And then she, she he's like, it's going to be too hard. So she goes and sees him, and he looks at some other guy, and he's like, she loves me. <laughs> like, that was got, his And the other guy's like, what the fuck ever, like, yeah. shut up. That was his. <laughs> let me read my paper. That was his. Alone. Knock it off! I'm playing Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah, that T4. You know, it wouldn't have surprised me. But that is his like sick test to be like, don't come see me. It's I I can't do it. And then she goes and sees him, and he's like, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> you know, I I feel that things like this, not in just in this movie, but in movies and pop culture in general. Uh, actually lead to people doing these sorts of things in real life, mm. and it just perpetuates a sickness. It's like, just just say what you mean and don't, mean what you don't say. Don't show up to your girlfriend's house holding a fucking boombox over your head. You're going to get arrested for disturbing the peace and causing trouble. Yeah. We're not all and stalking. However, if John Cusack does it in a movie, uh, your girlfriend at the time, who was currently not your ex-girlfriend, be that's so sweet. Yes. Oh, it's, he loves her so much that he's doing that. But if you do it, guess what? She's calling the cops, and her dad's coming out to beat you up. <laughs> Guys, we need to talk about this right now. Okay. John Voight is President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yeah, I'd forgotten Nigh that. unrecognizable. <laughs> <laughs> Got the biggest chin prosthetic I think I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, quite the uh, the 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 chin butt. Yeah, um, right. Rivaled only by Affleck's in this movie. He's the only other person who has a more prominent butt chin or chin butt. It's funny because Voight is as a, as a person is one of the more uh, I'd say slightly conservative actors out there. That's a generous <laughs> way to describe it. Staunchly Republican. Yeah. Playing like one of the most well-known Democratic presidents in the history, of- most hated by a lot of Republicans, even to this day, Democratic president. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, and I also learned his New Deal. Yeah. He took the role, um, but he apparently he said he begged for the part because he was a big FDR uh, historian. He said he knows everything about FDR, which is funny because later in the film, uh, FDR rises from his chair and does the speech, which also didn't happen. <laughs> but he did. I mean, FDR did stand and give speeches because he had those. The yeah, but that games. that moment though, yeah, yeah. that that it completely. Uh, you'd think John Voight would be like, "Oh, wait a second, I know about FDR." 
this didn't happen. Here's and and the thing I I did note that about him being the Republican playing one of the you know one of the more liberal uh, presidents. This was before um, actually was just just before um, the U.S. went absolutely bonkers bananas where it's like you're either Republican or Democrat and neither the twain shall meet. Uh, there are you know before that uh, at least in you know general popular culture and people in 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 general themselves being um what's the word I'm looking for reasonable um there were a lot of uh, Democrats who respected uh, widely known Republicans like Abraham Lincoln and Ronald Reagan and there are also you know Republicans who respected Democrats who got a lot of good things done like um, FDR JFK. Uh, you know, there. So, I mean, this we haven't always lived in a world where, uh, if the person is a Democrat, they must loathe every single Republican walking the earth. Yeah, or at least how it's so, presented. To so, us. this movie came out in May two thousand one, right? <laughs> just what again, just oh, oh, uh, there was this election where they didn't elect anybody. Oh, right, Al Gore, George Bush, remember that whole thing? Yeah, that was 2000, 2001, though. I, I'm trying to remember. Something weird happened that year, and I Man, don't... we are getting... Later, we're... later. And I was actually surprised that this... I was like, this came out before that? Because this really seems like a response piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- here's the thing, though. Th- this movie, uh, the way it's made, it's... it's, And I know we're not going to get into the seasons thing, but it's got that summer blockbuster thing of, like, there's a lot of humor in it. And, I, and I'm fine with humor in movies. I love good characters that like to have a laugh. But it's got that, that Michael Bay sheen to it that feels like it's really doing a disservice to the subject matter. I mean, I know this is a romance yes. movie with a war tacked on, it seems. But yes, uh, but it, it's got this weird, like, nostalgia, sepia-toned gloss to it uh, that, that almost feels like a propaganda film uh, in some ways. And it just, it, it's like, this was a brutal fucking war that the United States fought with the Japanese over the Pacific. Like, this was... This was a just a brutal attack. And a brutal attack. A brutal surprise. A fucking cowardly, traitorous, awful attack on... And, and it's treated in this way, which just... It feels so strange to me as, as a fan of history. No, you're you're absolutely correct, Jason. This this movie, uh, there there's a reason why uh, when Matt and Trey Parker made Team America: World Police, they put in that Ben Affleck song about how Michael Bay absolutely missed the point with this movie, <laughs> yeah. and he absolutely <laughs> did, because they this it it almost feels like like you said it, the the war the 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 attack and everything is tacked on. It, it's treated as an afterthought, with you know the love triangle being like, this is what you should really be paying attention to. No, it's not. Yeah. Because if you're going to release a movie called Pearl Harbor (laughs) and and actually take a lot of the events that led up to it and treat them as a B story, you're doing absolutely a disservice to everybody who was uh, involved in that attack. And this movie also seems to like, make a moral judgment on uh, Americans. Like, it's almost like the, the movie is saying to some extent, like you hedon, like hedonistic America, you know, you're out chasing tail and talking about how you're going to, Oh, I got this thing. You put in a girl's drink and you'll be, she'll be out and you'll be fucking her by midnight. Like, I, I think the guy pretty much tries to do a date rape or, or, or they, they try to talk about a date rape at one point. Or no, that it. was, it was the, uh, it was the olive, uh, stuff that they put in the eyes oh, to make okay. them tear up. Oh, and he, he wasn't then, putting okay, anything so in the drink. Yeah, he was, went. and then he's making, <laughs> he's making a Robert De Niro face. 
It's like blind yourself to get laid. Yeah. But yeah, but it's like all this petty bullshit is going on and it's almost like you could watch this movie as like when the Japanese attack, it's like this is this is the price for American hedonism and and get being into this petty bullshit. We should be on guard yeah. against the the evil enemy like the Japanese. They're coming for us and this is our fault because you know, as the, the, these guys to me seem to like toughen up throughout the movie and get very stoic by the end of it. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe I Where meanwhile at the first of the movie they're trying to trick chicks into uh, you know, getting with them because you know, I'm going off yeah. to war. Greatest generation. Yeah. Greatest generation. But, but it, I do not doubt the historical accuracy of that because if I was in their position and I was going off to war, you you better believe I'd be doing anything I could to get my ditwack one last okay. time. Well, fair point. Fair <laughs> point. So, um, <laughs> so Ben Affleck goes to England. <laughs> and, Doubtful. <laughs> oh, I probably not shot there. Um, <laughs> we... Tom Sizemore doesn't like lopsided titties, we find out. Because <laughs> if you're going to draw titties on his plane, don't make them lopsided. By the way, it's a war movie, obligatory appearance by Tom Sizemore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have this part that feels very, like, almost like a summer camp scene. Because Ben Affleck is writing a letter to uh, Nursie. And, like, oh literally his letter is like, it's cold here. It's not easy making friends. You're what keeps me warm. Ugh, it's not what I expected. Uh, postage is so exciting. I mean, it, it, but it, I get what they were going for because, I mean, there, it, 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 it does harken back to, like, you know, those older war movies even like with the civil war and war one my dearest sir the gnats are long and they are cold without you things like that like where a guy's writing like a heartfelt letter uh to his, his girl um uh, while he's away on service and stuff like that but usually that sort of thing is, is kept to a, a, a brief scene mm. uh, this felt like it went on forever <laughs> i think it was approximately 26 minutes long <sighs> A lot of letters in this movie. <laughs> a lot of letters. Because postage is exciting. A lot of letters that Ben Affleck cannot put together into words. That's right. <laughs> oh, right. For a guy who's man. like, yeah, dyslexic, he seems to have no problem writing lengthy, oh, wordy yeah. prose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My God. I didn't even realize didn't even that. Uh, oh, no, right. wait. You know what they should have done after he's reading this letter? They should have cut <laughs> to his letter and it's just a bunch of scribbles on a page. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a bunch of stick figure drawings. <laughs> Okay, but they they don't actually say he's dyslexic. We all assume that, don't we? That he's he just seems to have some sort of learning disability. I think he just had... well, they don't have a name for it, but yeah. he does say like sometimes the letters get mixed yes. up and I can't see them right. Which, which sounds to me that sounds like dys- just dys- does, dyslexia. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like dyslexia. But I mean, you could argue that they don't say so. It could just be he's just fucked up in the head, and he can write these great long glowing letters. But if he looks at a letter on a board on the wall, oh boy, he can't read it. I, I still I still think that would have been great if they had that cut away. Dear nurse, my bum hurt bad. You do bad, hurt me. <laughs> oh man! Um, at one point, one of the nurses says to Nursey, "Can you be? Could you be any more boring?" And I'm like, "Are you talking about the movie or the character? Because I could go for both." <laughs> yeah. Chandler Bing's grandma showing up in the film. <laughs> my God, I have that exact note. <laughs> could you be any more boring? <laughs> Um, so, uh, this, now, you know what, hey, actually, we get some, I do want to cover this real quick, we do get, uh, some historical figures that show up, and one of them is played by, uh, Canadian Colin Fury. Fuck yes! Where he talks about America being so great, and I'll have a note here, I think he probably threw up a little bit just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Doing his best American accent. I was so happy to see Colin Fury because Colin Fury, in even in the shittiest movie, when he shows up, I'm like, okay, 
We get a little it classes feel. it up a little that's bit. That's right. Yeah. That's right. This guy, this guy can do anything. Let's let's enjoy it. And, and in this one, he plays Admiral Husband E. Kimmel. I honestly don't remember him in this movie. He's it, he's the he's the guy the naval officer. He's like he's the guy that's like oh we got to get ready and and you know like we, yeah he's the one who's constantly warning them that you know we should be watching out for this. Is Calm Fior the hotshot asshole from uh, Con Air or is that someone else? No, that uh, that's Colin Meany. Okay, no, I some I don't yeah. get Colin Meany. You mean you mean Chief O'Brien? I, I yes, I always Chief get, O'Brien. I always get their names. No, Colin Col- Fiore is Bon Cop Bad Cop. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Pierre Trudeau. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. Um. Okay, so this uh, now we get the introduction of a character who I would argue the movie should be based around is Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and he's fighting. He's fighting Latimer from the program. <laughs> Uh, what, what, Jason, uh, (laughs) Jason, before we recorded here was looking him up and he was like, huh, fella named Doris. (laughs) (laughs) Named Doris. I just looked at, I was looking at the cast list, but yeah, I guess he's a real guy. So that's really cool. Yeah. But yes, why wasn't the movie based on his character and the struggles he had? Like, <laughs> again, Matt and Trey nailed it with the song. <laughs> yeah. He deserved a way bigger part in yeah. that movie. And he shows up 45 fucking minutes into the movie. Like, it's and like disappears. Or nothing. And then, yeah, disappears. About then... another half hour later. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I don't remember if I saw this. Now, please tell me if you guys remember this scene. And I only say because I didn't see it this time. Um, but he, he talks about cooking the food and that... Uh, and that uh, oh, and they put that take that beautiful marble meat and you just boil it until it's gray. Did he say that in the movie, or is that a different movie? Because <laughs> I, I swear, for years I thought he talked about that in the movie that somebody was asking about his cooking. He's like, oh, I was this great cook, and then they make me boil this beautiful meat. I know there are very few references to the racism he faced. Like, yeah, like it should be way more prevalent in the director's cut yes. during the uh, during the fight. As I understand, wait, wait, he calls what, him the N word. Wait, wait, what? What? The, what? The 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 director's cut of Pearl Harbor. They made this shit longer. No, it's oh well, it's about, about two minute. minutes longer. So yeah. what they did in okay. that movie is they cut out the scene later on where they're sitting around the fire, uh, burning the letter. They cut that scene okay. out and they replace it with the scene of them talking to Doolittle. The only other major difference in the movie is that all the violence. Uh, for the most part, is upped. So rather than just seeing people getting engulfed in flames, they get blown into multiple pieces. You see heads rolling around. But in the director's cut, during that fight, the Latimer guy <laughs> from the program, he uh, yeah. he, he calls him the N-word. Okay. But that's it. That, that's oh. like the one racist reference even in the director's well, cut. Well, and because there were so many points <coughs> where they called him something that yeah. I was like, you know Michael Bay wants to say the N-word. <laughs> but he wants to keep a PG-13 rating. Yeah. Michael Michael Bay is like, guys, it was the thing at the time. I can get away with it. Just okay, so use it. Hold on a second. Wait a second. So you felt that he was concerned. They cut the one N word in the movie to keep that PG rating, but the, like they could say Jap like a million yeah, well, times. Well, well, that's the thing though. That, that uh, in two thousand one, it was perfectly okay to be racist against Japanese people. We remember this time, but then nine eleven <laughs> happened and things changed. <laughs> 9-11 changed our perspective on Japan. That's right. Finally, finally chose. brought us closer together. <laughs> you know what? Um, that makes more sense than most of this movie. <laughs> they should have made it a love triangle with Cuba Gooding Jr. boning Nursey too. Ooh, yeah. Well, this is where the this is where the triangle really starts because this is uh, we this is where they think Ben Affleck 
dies. Ben Affleck is dead. He is dead, guys. He's out of the movie for sure, one hundred percent. By the way, dead. just gotta say, because uh, there are what things... were they thinking? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> there are things I like in this movie, and I really enjoyed the scenes of, of Ben Affleck dogfighting with the German fighters and going after. They the, were the they were some cool. They, yes, they were, they were some cool dogfight well scenes. Well done and very tense and v- well shot. So kudos to Michael Bay for doing the one thing he's good at. Um, <laughs> there is a very uh, impactful line in this film, and it really it really gives you the uh, the scope of Michael Bay's anti war stance. Um, because there there's a moment with the uh, Japanese uh, general Admiral Yamamoto, if I'm correct. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Played by yeah, played by um... Toshiro Mifune. That's the only Japanese Mako? actor I can pull. Mako's one of them. It's Mako, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, he did the vo- he, he did the voice of, like, Splinter in that, oh! that CG Ninja Turtles movie. Cool. Um, yeah. And uh, also another, uh, how did this, uh, yeah, uh, what were they thinking, alum, uh, with uh, the sensei from American Ninja. is <laughs> one of his right-hand guys. That's nice. right. He's back. Mm-hmm. But he says he's, he was he was Hawaiian. He says <laughs> the the uh, one of the guys says to uh, the admiral. He says, um, "You're brilliant for devising this plan." And he says, "A brilliant man would find a way not to fight a war." Yeah, fair enough. And is that is that Michael Bay just trying to in a moment to like we well, you know let's let's humanize the enemy a little bit? You know they're not yeah. monsters. Let's just they they don't want to fight this war either. Oh, they don't sure. want to fight it at all, but they're gonna because they have to. Oh, it's Michael, a, should we uh, should we humanize them throughout the movie or just that? Scene? No, 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 just this one scene. We'll, we'll put it in slow motion. And we'll have the flags in the background. <laughs> I don't know why my Michael Bay sounds like Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> because Michael Bay is constantly on cocaine as uh, well. Ah, yes. So there you go. There you go. Uh, I wrote down The Great Dictator. It's a good movie. Uh, because they go to see uh, the far better movie yes. in this movie. Yes. But here's the thing. Uh, this is another... They go to see the movie that, that got the point. This yeah. is another historical thing, though. I'm pretty sure that movie was banned for years and years and years. In, in, in the States? America? In Germany. In Germany. No, no I'm pretty sure in, in America, too, for like at least a few years. Why would The Great Dictator be banned because in the States? Because when they... it was released, there was a big uproar over, like, you're turning Hitler into a joke or something. I don't know. They didn't see it as we do now. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's why it got banned in Germany. Well, definitely banned in Germany, yes. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. Um, but I, I believe during the war, it didn't show in the States until, like, several years. Well, let's take a peek. You guys uh, As far as I can find see, this it out. says the film was well-received in the United States at the time it was released and was popular with the American public. Um, it was banned in some Latin American countries because, as we know, a number of uh, well, assassin Nazis fled there. Well, the war. Hawaii is clearly a Latin American country. Yes, Hawaii is a Latin American country. And I stand by that. No? Okay. Um, so, Ben Affleck is dead. He's dead. He's gone, guys. He's out of the movie. Um, and Josh Hartnett... Uh, three months later, Josh Hartnett's already trying to bone Nursey. Again, it's the war. I understand why they might take that up. You but... Know, you gotta get... You gotta get... No. I, I, I'm not they're not on, even in the war yet, but they know it's coming. I'm not on board for no. this. You know, you wouldn't... You, you would be... Would you be mad if I fucked Mariah three months after you died? <laughs> would you be mad? Well, I'd be dead. Exactly, but... so shut up. You'd be dead too, though, because she'd kill you with her gigantic penis. Oh, no! That's true. <laughs> that is accurate. Uh, but I don't know. Would like, what do you think, Nathan? Do you think he moves on her a little fast? Um, because like it's not an accident. Because we later see him go to her house and yeah. say something, and then he's like, "Ah, damn, you idiot!" Like he's clearly it's, trying. Yeah, to it, it, yeah. It's it's hard because I mean, it's it's not like they they're broken up. Yeah. 
Okay, it's not like he's like they're you know it's a it's a bros before hoes situation. Um, you know he he's they they he's dead. He's been killed in action. At least that's what they've been told. Um, you know a lot of relationships. I, I wouldn't be surprised are born out of situations like this because they're comforting each other over the shared loss of this person that they loved, and finding that their comfort with each other is comforting each other yeah. uh so i don't feel that it's a it's necessarily a, a douchey or a dick move because he's not doing it out of any sort of lecherous intent i think he's doing it because he misses his friend she misses him and uh they can kind of prop each other up and it it does make sense for them to you know to you know you know, grow some their relationship further out of that Shared suffering. Prop each other up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prop him up on his dick. <laughs> you guys are just the worst. <laughs> um, all right. I'll give that to you. I just, like, I think it was a little quick, but, I mean, you know, they're so horny for each other, they have, they fuck each other in a bunch of parachutes, so what am I, what do I know? Yeah, that, uh, yeah. That was, that was weird. <laughs> While there was a sign on the top that said, a packed parachute may save a man's life to fight another day, they're fucking on these parachutes and gonna ruin them, so that some, <laughs> some poor soldier is gonna be dropped at Operation Market Garden and die when he hits the ground. They should have done a cutaway there. To oh, all how these specific soldiers. you were with the mission. <laughs> yeah, they were packing. They were packing uh, uh, parachutes in Hawaii for an operation four years later in Europe. <laughs> I, I still wish there was a cutaway there with all the soldiers jumping out of the planes. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> ah! Even, even at the very at the very least, jumping out of the plane. Why is my shoot all sticky? <laughs> Why does my parachute smell like pussy? <laughs> Guys, at this point of the week, we have two days. Two <laughs> days until the attack. <laughs> it's never end. It's never gonna end. Uh, um, good lord. But this but this is my favorite scene. Uh the Japanese dentist. Yeah. That was actually yes. that was an interesting idea. Well, I would say my favorite because I think it's pretty ridiculous too, though. Because Wait. he gets a call from like uh, Tokyo a, calling. A, a Tokyo, yeah, from Tokyo, and they're like asking him about how many. They say they don't know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many ships are in the harbor? How many people are there? Like that, this guy didn't. It didn't clue in. Like, why would a random person call me to ask me the weather? Is that something yeah. that normally happened in the forties? You just get a cold call, being like, "Hey, what's the weather like down where you are?" And also, I need a root canal. <laughs> Y'all set that up. I don't know why my Japanese guy suddenly southern. <laughs> I'm from Tokyo. I'm from friggin' Tokyo. Man, I tell you, I had the best nigiri last night. It was delicious. <laughs> Sushi, sign me up. Nothing I love more than getting fucked up on sake. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> this uni was made in New York City. New York City. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh, how awesome would it have been, uh, Nathan, if instead of going the rest of the way with this movie, they had Ben Affleck as like an Uncle Sam like killer? Ah, I would have enjoyed that way more. I'm back. I mean, I immensely, just back killing folk who wronged him. <laughs> Did you miss me, girly? <laughs> um, so we could just go right ahead to Ben Affleck coming back from the dead. Yeah. Um. Also, this at first I thought it was a dream sequence when I first saw it. Mm. Um, because all of a sudden he just shows up, and literally his fake death. 
is just so they can do the whole like Josh Hartnett bone and nursey. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's 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 I I, I I'm sorry if I offend anyone here, but it's lazy writing. <laughs> um it's horrible writing. It's like I don't know how to make this happen, so let's just fake kill one of them for a while and then bring him back. It's one of those old tropes, too, that's been so done to death over the years that it's just like the person showing back up and then you get to have the flashback of like, no, I didn't die when I crashed into the yeah. water. Some, some some friendly Frenchman picked me up in a trawler and took me to uh, Free France and I sat there for six but months. I think, I, I think we actually kind of covered, though, because if this had been a more traditional love triangle where... He, they knew he was still alive. I don't feel that those characters would have been able to get over it no. as quickly as they did. I think you're right. Because he has to be like, he has to sit back and go, well, you know what? I guess I am being an asshole. They thought I was dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, and I get that. I get the character. Like, they can't say that he's still alive. But it just, it just still seems like a weak way but to kind of create that triangle. How did he, like... I guess I guess I have to wonder about Ben Affleck's, Affleck's character, like how he never could consider the idea that this woman might move on in the time that he was gone. Like, like he didn't consider that they would assume that he was dead because he wasn't able to check in with, you know, the military higher ups to say like, "Hey, no, I'm still alive. I'm still alive." But, yeah. And what we're saying is this movie's not good. Yeah. Don't. Yeah, but don't forget though. Like, even if he had been checking in, it took them uh, well, a, a month. Sometimes to get stuff hmm. from from the mainland. Yeah, that's true. He did. So. He does also say that he was in Nazi occupied France. I oh, think. Did he say he was in Nazi yeah. occupied yeah. France? Okay. He did. I want to know how a, a a white guy with a southern accent managed to avoid capture in Nazi occupied France because he's the best goddamn fighter in the world. He kept his mouth shut and wore a beret and smoked a lot. I respect him. <laughs> oh, he's just one of the locals. Look at him. Yeah, bonjour. <laughs> he's like he, he's like uh, he's like when Brad Pitt does an Italian accent in Inglorious Bastards. Exactly. <laughs> Bongiorno. Bongiorno. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I just wrote. I just have a rant here about Cuba Gooding. We already got to that, but uh, yeah. Um, there's a line also that says uh, just before the uh, the the shooting begins. Um, somebody says. In December of 1941, mind you, there's a line where somebody says, I think World War II just started. That was Josh Harnett, and it was when he was in the plane, he, and it's like, it's, it's delivered like one of those great action movie lines of like, guess just, I guess World War II just started. And then it's supposed to be like this cheer moment, but it just is, whoa, it's so bad. It's so bad. I uh, I have a note when he says that, I was like, uh, World War II started a few years ago. Yeah. Well, and they, even That's... at that point, he wouldn't, it, I don't think they were calling it World War II. I think he no. probably would have said, well, here we go with another great war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like saying like, uh, back to Europe. <laughs> 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 all right it's all right treating world war ii like yeah treating world war ii like caddyshack too. <laughs> oh man if there, were, if there should have been a gopher in this movie world war ii bill murray match. just shows up as his character from caddyshack <laughs> well of course the uh the japanese are uh coming to attack i got a few here. ideas but how so uh you know guys? yeah i beat the uh, i beat the germans at the battle of the boat so i got that going for me <laughs> uh so Guys, it happens. Oh, wait, before I do mention that, Dan Aykroyd is randomly in this movie? Yeah. 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 What was I, that? <laughs> I, I assumed he was the same guy from The Arrow. Uh. 
He's like a, uh, he's like a decoder, I guess. Well, he, he's like yes, yeah, he's he, a cryptologist. Cryptologist, yeah. Um, literally has two scenes and like that's it. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. Has, has Dan Aykroyd been in any other Michael Bay movies? No, he's in a lot of historical movies. Mm. I find that's mm. true. I, f- I feel he did have a purpose. It was to give that other general the business. Yeah, like because <laughs> he has that line himself. Yeah. Yeah, or he's like, uh, "That's not. It's not my job to make the decision on my on the on the my poor uh, information. It's your job." He does kind of give him the business end. You're right. <laughs> Take that, Chester. <laughs> Ch- Chester. Chester Nimitz. That's who he's talking okay. to. The, the... I thought you just. I thought you just came up with the name Chester. <laughs> uh, so guys, it's December seventh, nineteen forty-one. A date which will live in infamy. In infamy. Yep. Pearl Harbor begins, and I would argue the only good stretch of movie. Is this attack sequence is really cool? It's uh, Brendan and I had discussed previously that it, it probably is not historically accurate. No, and uh, how the act- attack actually played out. But man, what a cool effect sequence that goes on for a really long time. And we do get to find out that uh, Billy's an idiot. Bill. Billy? It's a dud! It's a dud! Oh, yeah. It's a dud! Oh yeah! <laughs> is that the, is that the is that the train spotting kid? No. No, that was, um, he was in Gone in 60 Seconds. Okay. Uh, Giovanni yeah. Ribisi? No. <laughs> yeah, no. Nicholas, Nicholas Cage? Nicholas Cage? Angelina Jolie? I'm gonna narrow it down for you, dickweeds. The kid who got shot in the suburbs. Boom. Done. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, the Pearl Harbor thing you mentioned <laughs> historical accuracy. Um, I have a note here about that that I found out. Um... So, Pearl Harbor, a lot of people said Pearl Harbor was an abuse of artistic license. That's just the movie in general. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> an abuse of celluloid. Yeah, uh, one of the film scenes, it says one of the film scenes shows Japanese aircraft targeting medical staff at the base's hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, although it was damaged in the attack, the Japanese did not deliberately target the U.S. Naval Hospital, and only a single member of its medical staff was killed because he was crossing the Navy Yard to report for duty. So there was not a full-on bombing of, and like, their hospitals. Interestingly, the Japanese, in, as I understand, in 1929, had signed on to the, the part of the Geneva Convention that dealt specifically with, like, hospitals and whatnot, so that would have probably been within their doctrine of not specifically attack, at least early on. Yeah. Who knows later on how things may have changed when the war got more desperate, but they maybe weren't specifically targeting hospitals. Uh this is. I think it's just. It's just Michael Bay trying to demonize the other side to make us root for the Americans more. That's yeah, all. So it let's is. let's humanize them. At let's the humanize. First thing yeah. So we can demonize them later. And that's the yeah. thing. Is that is that if if you really dig into the the war and what and the things the Japanese did over the war, there are plenty of things you could use to demonize them without making shit up. Like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Both sides. Both yeah. sides are not squeaky clean. Both like, many sides. Many sides. <laughs> many many sides. Hey, listen, lots of violence on many sides. Very fine people. Very on fine both people sides. On both sides. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> We had to bring it back around to that fucking orange cake. <laughs> Garfield goes away. Yes, uh, he hates Mondays <laughs> and and learning. <laughs> um, so we actually we get a br- some brief glimpses in this movie, in this part of the movie rather, where he they actually did get some of the point where war is absolute hell. Yeah, because you've got you know the uh, like the guys who were coming in and were injured like missing legs and then um fucking the guy with the jugular you know yeah. he, he's he's essentially dead but nursey helps save him but you know that was really only for her own 
ends, but we find out later in the movie. <laughs> also, uh, Jen Garner has a really good scene here because she's trying to distract this patient who's pretty much near death, and she's like, "Um, uh, uh what what does your plane look like?" Um, oh, you know who that was too. That was Chip from Kate and Alley. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There you go. Um, but yeah, like, why would you distract a fighter pilot who just got shot down? By asking about stuff that would remind him of being shot down. Like, why don't you say, like, oh, where do you live? Oh, do you have any pets? Like, I don't know. Anything else. <laughs> where, where, where'd you train at? Anything. Note here. Anything. F. F is for fatal. F. <gasps> F is for fatal. Oh, that's right. That, okay, now I will say that was, that was kind of, that was kind of intense and, like, a sort of well done. Because, like, you see the F on people's faces and it's just, like, it's kind of grim. Mm. And, like, the way that's done is, is, uh... But that's straight triage right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Give him enough morphine to be comfortable. So, I mean, I don't, like... There's not a lot about this attack scene that's that bad. I, I have that Tom Sizemore is shooting at planes with a shotgun. With a shotgun, yeah. I mean, it, it's... No, it's a, it's a rifle, isn't it? <laughs> no, I'm pretty it's sure a rifle. it's an actual it was a long shotgun. Gun. I, uh, was it? I, well, I swear at one point, because Brendan, independently, I, I saw, thought the same thing. Of like, why is he shooting at a plane with a shotgun? Why is anybody shooting at any plane with small arms? I don't feel like that's going to do much. Maybe, maybe I, you know, I'm not a soldier, but... I don't feel like shooting your rifle at a, an airplane is going to really do much to it. I'll tell you this: uh, with a long gun or, like a, or a rifle, yeah. uh, you do have a terminal velocity of, I think, over a mile. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if the if they're coming in as close as they were portraying them as coming in uh, with the planes, uh, a well-timed shot uh, could have taken out like a, a, a fuel line or a fuel tank. Uh, on a plane. Now, you wouldn't have blown up a plane with one, but if you were lucky enough to get a crack shot off, yeah. you could certainly, you know, damage the hydraulics or take out, Makes like, a, a fuel line on, on a plane if they were coming in close enough. I, I guess growing up, whenever I've seen that in a movie, it always felt like it was just an expression of the rage of the soldiers of being like, they're fucking attacking us! Shoot back! Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> and it is it's funny, too, because, I mean, they, they are coming in with, like, you know... Uh, twin 50 cal machine guns mounted to the planes and they're shooting at them with like you know three out eight enfields yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> now okay so the attack the attack occurs cuba gooding jr uh has a few has a few decent moments here um he uh he ma- he mans one of the uh, machine guns i think and sh- he and does shooting the big the- he shoots down guns. a couple planes yeah um, screams as you do when you're firing that kind of gun right also i well i mean well how else are you gonna notice he's in this that's movie? right ah! He's got to yell and scream while he shoots down guns in order for you to know that this historically real person yes. is in this historically real attack in this historically wildly inaccurate movie. <laughs> exactly. I'm the, I'm the guy that gives this movie some gravitas! Why did they leave so much of me out? <laughs> Literally. Like, I know we mentioned it already, but like... There's the institutional racism he faced. He was like, he was, he wanted to be a soldier. And he ended up being a cook. Mm-hmm. He ended up saving a bunch of lives and then died in World War II, a hero. Like, this that is would a, have made, it's a way more compelling story. That's a movie. That's a fucking movie. That's a movie. And that's, you yeah. don't even have to change anything. No, you don't. You, and like, I'm sure his family. And we all know Michael Bay is fantastic. 
fantastically famous for being lazy with shit like that. He could have just been like, yeah, just uh, yeah, translate this uh, history text into dialogue, and boom, we got a movie. <laughs> and you know what? Um, having seen his latest movie, which I bring up a lot, the last Transformers movie. Um, we hope the last Transformers movie. Well, his last Transformers movie, I think. <laughs> but based on that, um, because in that movie they say that the Transformers have done everything in history. I really <laughs> wanted to see some Transformers come up and fuck up some Japanese at the end. That of the would movie. be pretty fun. Oh, and wouldn't that? Oh, wouldn't that be such a morale killer for Japanese people to see massive robots attacking them? <laughs> I feel that Starscream would have fought for the Japanese being a Decepticon. Yes. Yeah, I mean they probably would have gotten a few. Decepticons Starscream was on known side. for his code of honor. <laughs> So, okay, um, speaking of... Do we have a blood transfusion with Coke bottles at one point? Yes, yes. we do. And, yes, like, that do. is yeah. the biggest, like, that is... Super sterile. Super sterile. Well, also, though, like, I don't think you can have more positive of a product endorsement. Like, you hailed the blood of American heroes! <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the things that kind of gets held up as being one of the more, um... Uh, patriotic symbols of Americano, you know, Coca-Cola and apple pie. It fits that into that sepia tone nostalgia window that the movie is yep. seen through. It, and, the Coke has got a, is primary in that. And we mentioned, yep. we mentioned Ben Affleck's fake death. Um, when he comes back, she stays with Hartnett. Um, there's now she's pregnant. Right. And there's also the, the whole thing where Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett are at each other's throats. And so we got that whole stuff. That's the A story, guys. That's why I'm mentioning the Pearl Harbor attack. <laughs> yeah, because we've already blown past that to get to the good stuff. Yeah, that's that the Pearl Harbor. This happened before that happened before the attack. That's right. <laughs> the Pearl Harbor attack is the B story. But I think by this point they kind of make up. I feel we're attack. focusing on the right part, though. I really do. <laughs> um, but yeah, our our, our main characters uh make up, and then we uh we're basically getting to the last stretch of the movie here where we do get we do get at towards the end of the uh, the battle we do get the uh, the slow stand up <laughs> from Ben Affleck the that another Michael Bay signature thing it's the it's the, the slow stand yeah the uh, yeah. the slow stand up 360 thing right yep. yeah that yeah that and they're pals again which one of them is uh Martin Lawrence <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so basically uh yeah i said coca-cola gets the best product endorsement ever um and then Pepsi comes up too later as well, but yeah. And then this is where they were too late with the telegram because the telegram came like after the attack was over. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, that would have been nice to get." <laughs> I, I, I when I when I saw that, I just remembered the uh, the Adam Sandler uh, line from the wedding singer. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> once again something that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Wedding Singer, much better movie. <laughs> much better movie, and, and uh, you know, more to the point. 98 minutes, just cuts right to the point. Um, I don't know if it's 98 minutes, it's probably around that. It's gotta be. But, okay, so then this is where we get to the whole thing where they're gonna do their retaliation attack, the Doolittle Raid mm-hmm. on uh, yep. Japan. Uh, I think at one point they say that the chi- uh, they have Chinese uh, soldiers helping them. Is that what they say? Yes. Yes, because they teach them how to say we're American in Chinese. Yeah, that Alec Baldwin. Just fucking tell them that the Chinese people are gonna help you. Why are you so glib? He's yeah. like, he's like, what? What happens when we land in China? Well, that's how you say 
I am American and Chinese. And it's like, okay, so what does that mean, Alec Baldwin? <laughs> I, I, and that, that actually might be a bad idea because the Japanese had been in China since 1937. So there was going to be a lot of them around there. And saying I'm American, I mean, even though it's clearly, obviously, you're American. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's the you're best. You're tall and white. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, what it would... <laughs> oh, look, it's a, it's a New Zealander. Good <laughs> day, <laughs> mate. Good, good, good but, die. So b- before we speak too much about the Doolittle Raid, does anybody else feel like just the way the movie is structured that this feels like it's so tacked on to the end of the movie to give them a win? I have a, I have a legitimate note. This movie is still going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, like it fe- Because we just saw Pearl Harbor. Yes. That, we don't need to see the response. A movie called Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor should be the climax of the movie. Like it should be like yes. kind of the the big set piece at the end. Now I understand that's a down note to end on. Yeah, but the bit. movie's about fucking Pearl Harbor, at least ostensibly. So then we end with the Doolittle Raid, which is a cool piece of history that I did not know about before I had originally watched this. That they movie. also fucked up. Uh, that they also fucked up, but uh, <laughs> it just seems so tacked on and and. And I mean, really exists I, only for the end of the movie so that the ending can be what it is. But I think that's exactly it. I think it was because my, it's a Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer joint that it's they can't leave it on a down note. Okay, can you think of a single uh, Michael Bay or Jerry Bruckheimer movie that ends on, on a down note without a happy ending? I, I no, because Goose dies halfway through. That's right. <laughs> right. Um, so the, the, the Doolittle Raid, there, there's a lot of historical inaccuracies here, but just the bigger ones are apparently, uh, in, in the movie, they're blowing up these giant buildings and like, you obviously see like many soldiers getting killed and stuff, right? Mm. Um, the actual raid was, um, they did bomb Tokyo, yes. but they targeted, they also targeted three other industrial cities mm-hmm. and the damage inflicted was very minimal. Very minimal. Very minimal. Um, there's a there's a scene here too where uh there's personnel in china that overcoming japanese soldiers in a short gun battle never happened no um and and there's also no acknowledgement um given to the in the movie which is a remarkable thing that happened not Mm. remarkably good but terrible terrible but that two hundred and fifty thousand chinese civilians were massacred by the japanese army uh in retaliation for them helping the americans that none of that's covered yeah, because it's a super down note. You don't want to end this movie on a down. Yeah, note. exactly. Because the the whole I mean, that's the thing is like, the, the, all those planes successfully land. Yeah, uh, they, 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 well, not successfully. They're all destroyed except for the one that ends up going to Russia. But these guys all get on the ground, and surprisingly, in in real life, only three people died in the course of the raid. Yeah, because it was not like. It it wasn't like a giant attack. No, no. It, the the whole point of the Doolittle raid was to was to scare the fuck out of the Japanese to have American bombers over their capital city dropping bombs. And you know, obviously, it wasn't much because they had to strip the shit out of those planes to get them to go off the carrier, anyways. Yeah. But it was just to say, like, hey, assholes, we're here. We can do this. You fucked with the wrong country, America, America. <laughs> now let's get to the, uh, the the fictional character hijacking the steno pool with the uh, officer she saved. <laughs> and pulling out, hey, I saved you, bro, so you gotta get me in here. This is a gross <laughs> violation of military policy, but for you... Well, I did put my hand <laughs> on your jugular. Yeah, you know? the guy literally says, um, that's classified. Beat, beat, beat. Oh, how did you know about that mission? <laughs> Look, loose lips sink ships, asshole! <laughs> literally, literally, literally. That, is, that is how that sort of, that, that phrase was born yeah. out. Also, if I'm Nursey, why would you want to be in the same room 
when that happens. Like, I think that would be worse. Yeah. You wouldn't get watching the them listen the whole time and you're not hearing what they're saying and you're just going to see facial expressions. Like, I think that would be more tense and awful. For a mission that is pretty yeah. much guaranteed to be a suicide mission, even though I think most of them did eventually get out and... Oh, yeah. Although eight of them were captured by the Japanese and tortured. Um, and four, four executed. Yeah. I, I think the uh, I think what Michael Bay loved most about filming that whole portion of the movie was his blank check for racism. Oh my, yeah. If if you could create a drinking game where the word Jap is uttered, you'd be dead at this point in the movie. Yeah. And, and think about how excited he was though to be like to be historically. Like, yeah. I can use it. I I was yeah. I was actually kind of disappointed. I didn't hear a wider variety of racial uh, avatars because I would have expected maybe a slope in there or, <laughs> oh, or a, a slant. Or an awful. I, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm ninety percent certain that there's an incorrect racial epithet. I noticed your note there. Um, I think at one point Josh Hart when he's in the plane, I think he says "gook." Now, I I believe it is possible that Gook may have been a general Asian slur because I've heard tell like it a, used in Korea as well. Like a catch-all? Yeah, like a catch-all for, for Asians. Look, like, when you need a, a, a racist comment that's going to just encapsulate not just one culture, but many cultures. Was he a chink or was cultures. he a Jap? No, he was a Gook of some sort. <laughs> oh my, I'm not comfortable with any of this. I thought it was just a Vietnamese slur. That's why I thought it was it, weird. Yeah, we know it from Vietnamese movies. Yeah, mostly. I know it from Vietnam yeah. War movies. So it's like Josh Hartnett's going yeah, Vietnam, off script. Not, not Vietnamese movies. I don't think <laughs> Vietnamese movies are using the word Gook. Vietnam War movies. I, I think you're probably right. It probably is a catch-all because I believe is used to represent uh, how the language you know, sounds mm. to... The untrained ear. I'm just thinking of Vietnamese made films using that <laughs> word. Uh, it's awful. We can use it. You guys cannot. Fair. It's like Fair. their yeah. It's like their version of Boys in the Hood. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally cool for them to say it. We can't say Would it. it. Called, Would it be called Boys in the Bush? Have, well, you know, in the foxhole. Boys in the open field burned by Agent Orange. Anyways, that's a different war. Oh, jeez, oh, let's not get into that whole thing. <laughs> Guys, we are going to get political. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> make... I think we've already gone in a very Trumpian direction with the last exchange that we just had. Make America great again. Again. Make America grieve again. <laughs> um, oh. oh, I do have a note here. Michael Bay's, uh, according to the DVD commentary, which I did not listen to, I just looked this up, mm -hmm. uh, Michael Bay's least favorite shot in the entire movie, he actually says, is, uh, it's, I do remember it too, it's when they randomly cut to, like, outside of the fighting in Japan, mm. and it's just like a, a couple of, like, women wearing their, like, kimonos yeah. and umbrellas. Yeah, it was a weird little, uh... <laughs> he said, I have no idea why I shot that, and I said, <laughs> apply that to everything. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so there's this whole fight here. Uh, Ben Affleck is basically Tropic Thundering at one point, like just like running around shooting with no cover whatsoever. Yeah, they're, they're fighting, you're fighting Jap Japanese soldiers armed with full kits and they've got pistols and yeah. they're somehow holding their own. Yeah. Um, Nathan, I've got a question for you. Please go ahead so we can wrap this up. <laughs> jo Josh Hartnett, guys, spoiler alert. Josh Hartnett gets killed in this in this scene. What? Um, yeah, they do have a nice uh, tender little uh, field moment. Well, I have a question for you. Is this the first time it, a death scene where the person dying has been like, "I'm so cold"? Because no. that is a very. It's just like, okay, if not, why use that? 
Because that's so like I feel it's, like that's it's to the point now. It's funny. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's, not it's, even... it's like the butler did it. It's the most overused like. If he'd have just cliched tropey type thing to do, the only yeah. the only thing worse they could have done is if he'd gone, "Mama, Mama, <sighs> Mama, I'm coming oh. home." That's gonna cost <laughs> us another hundred dollars right there. <laughs> Damn it! I do have a note here that that, that they have that tender moment, and uh, you know Josh Hartnett dies, and it's supposed to be like this heartfelt. You know, my friend who thought I was dead is is now dead, and I was just too goddamn tired to care at this point. Yeah, and uh, I was uh, I'm like this movie is I it's wrapping up it's wrap I was more excited for the movie actually ending that I did not care about poor Josh Hartnett dying. I half expected the movie to go another forty minutes and Josh Hartnett showing up again later. <laughs> he just he comes back. <laughs> I didn't die. I didn't die. You <laughs> what do you mean you're raising my son? <laughs> you left me in Japan for dead, you son of a bitch. That's payback for England. Oh, man okay so yeah that was pearl harbor um basically ben affleck goes back home and uh resumes he the gets relationship his as if nothing happened gets his medals uh, yeah, yeah yeah he's basically back with kate beckinsale yeah. with nursey and they have a kid because that's her because kid with uh with hartnett josh hartnett because uh, again uh he's comforting her with their shared suffering and loss of someone who they loved and thought it was ted mm. And he's propping her up, and they're propping each other up. Don't do it. Don't don't do it, you uh, guys. Don't uh, pr- just pr- don't. Pr- pr- no. Pr- 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 no. No. Okay. Propped up on okay. our dick. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> that was that was all, Jason. <laughs> I'm not taking the heat for that. So before we kind of like, you know, uh, by the way, guys, wash I our say, hands of this. I gotta say, congratulations, everyone. We did it in an hour and 15. Yay! The whole movie. Yay! You know what? Uh, Michael Bay, take a note. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> I gotta say, um, I've got some notes here about uh, some some interesting things about, uh, behind the, about the behind the scenes of the movie. Fun facts? Fun facts, okay. I guess. Um, so, one little thing. Uh, Japanese journalists were extremely offended by the fact that the their army is shown having meetings outside because apparently in Japan meeting outside is considered to be uncivilized and barbaric. Huh. Interesting. Um, I mean, it was obviously an artistic choice, and it's a cool looking artistic choice. Yeah, but that's one of the things that yeah. was attacked for. Um, and again, I said I mentioned the hospital thing. Uh, the other thing is uh, it earned a pl- this movie earns a place in the Guinness Book of World Records for the movie with the most explosives used. Really? Yeah, that would make sense. But this is my favorite statistic. Yeah. The total amount of money spent on production and promotion roughly equaled the amount of damage caused in the actual attack. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. That wow. is insane. Well, uh, <laughs> like maybe that was in the contract. It's like we have to spend <laughs> as much money on this movie as they spent to fix Pearl Harbor. <laughs> A <laughs> hundred and forty million dollar budget. Wow! Um, yeah. It it made a hundred and ninety million in the U.S., which it's a lot, but like that's, that's not like a giant hit. No, but that's I mean that's a that's profitable. Yeah, I mean really because I hear I, I'm looking at the wikis for it. It says a hundred and forty million was the budget, and it at box office was four hundred and forty nine that, million. That's worldwide? probably that's probably worldwide. I I'm sorry, mine was just uh, the American one. Okay. Six golden raspberries this thing got. And one... Or was nominated, rather. uh, It's an Oscar-winning film, guys. Sound sound editing? 
sound editing. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, we could have done another Oscar-nominated and winning movie in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Sound editing? Because it won an oh, uh, costuming, I believe. Oh, okay. Sound editing? <laughs> Everything just wins for sound editing. Yes. Um, so, I guess at this point, we just... Uh, I have a little... Uh, we have a new uh, new little segment here. Um, mm-hmm. I guess th- it's easy just to wrap the whole thing up in about seventeen syllables. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to our guest here first because uh, he actually did write a haiku as well. I did write a haiku for this, and I we think... call this our. Uh, I, I don't I don't have a name for it yet. Do you have a name for it yet? I don't know. Um, haiku you. <laughs> haiku you, you. You you picked a movie. <laughs> you picked Pearl Harbor, a movie about an attack by the Japanese, to start the haiku bit. Oh, seems, seems right. that. <laughs> All right. Seems right. <laughs> okay. Technically, it was cut last week. Uh, uh, little behind the scenes thing there. So, so this is my haiku for this movie, and I think it encapsulates it as a whole. <clears throat> Yellow devils soar. Guess World War Two just started. God, my dick is hard. <laughs> that, that was that was actually written by Michael Bay. Right? <laughs> yes. yes. We got together, we had an eight ball, then we got another eight ball, then we got another eight ball, and that's what we came up with. And then another eight ball. And then another eight ball, yeah. <laughs> so celebrate, because you got it <laughs> We got finish. it done. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, uh, I have mine. Okay. <clears throat> Please, movie, just end. Frosted tips in World War Two. Time is never coming back. <laughs> Damn fine. That that really basically saying I can't believe the uh, historical inaccuracies in this movie. God, I wish it was over. I'm never getting this time back. <laughs> that pretty much encapsulates uh, your views on the movie. Yeah. Um. All right. Here's mine. Um. Just because I love this word, I incorporated it. Anachronisms. Worst love triangle ever. Michael Bay. Fuck you. Ha <laughs> Yes. There you go. Direct and to the point. Um. But. As we always say on this show, we may have hated this don't movie. Take, but don't take our word for it. <laughs> take our word for it. This movie, interestingly Is enough, reviled. Has a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but for some reason, 66% with the audience. Yeah. So, Merc. They like the zip bang. I, what can I say? I, as a war movie fan, I do love the attack sequences. I love the dog fighting sequences. There is a lot to like in this movie if you can ignore everything else. Maybe those people just watched the 45-minute cut. Yeah, they, yeah exactly. The, the, the Chester Nimitz cut, we'll call it. Joe Morgenstern of the Wall Street Journal says, Pearl Harbor is a blockheaded, hollow-hearted industrial enterprise. <laughs> yes, that's... Yep. Uh, but I like uh, Anthony Lane from The New Yorker. I like his review a little bit better. Uh, the effect of watching a Michael Bay film uh, is indistinguishable from having a large, pointy lump of rock drop in your head. His new picture, Pearl Harbor, maintains that mood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> David Germain of the Associated Press says, For all of the 118 actors listed... <laughs> 118 listed. That's not even counting extras. The movie offers almost no sense of authentic humanity. The faces the filmmakers plaster on their characters are as flat and stereotyped as those on war recruitment posters. Yeah. And I think, actually, uh, Nathan Rabin from the AV Club kind of surmised a lot of the stuff that we were talking about with his. And he says, Leave it to Bay and Bruckheimer to reduce one of America's biggest military tragedies into a three-hour avalanche of Kodak moments and one of America's defining crises into uh, a facile exercise in fake uplift. Oh. That is 
That cuts right to the bone. That's biting. Yeah, that biting, absolutely. Guys, this yeah. movie, to be fair, they do have positive to reviews. To be fair. They do have positive reviews. This is from Andrew Saris from the New York Observer. The best way to see the movie is as I did. Expect nothing. And be, <laughs> and be pleasantly surprised. Isn't that... And good str- advice for all movies? And strangely... For any Michael Bay movie, at least. And being pleasantly surprised and strangely moved by Mr. Bay's audacity in filming his lovers in end-of-the-world close-ups, however briefly. That's a positive review. <laughs> your positive, your positive yes. review is, you know what? Lower your expectations as low as you can possibly get them. And, there, and, and then you might have a good time. There's some good, there's some good close-ups, guys. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> really like the really tight camera work. Yeah. Um, this is a pretty great positive review from Total Film. Watch, enjoy, and then forget about it entirely. <laughs> yep. Again, good advice for any Michael Bay film. <laughs> yep. Unless it's The Rock. <laughs> or, or Bad Boys 1. And Bad Boys 2, right? <laughs> Fuck Bad Boys 2. <laughs> hate, oh my god. I, 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 hate, would do, hate, I, mean, I have to say, movie. I like The Island. I'm sorry, I may be one of the only people, I thought The Island was cool. I don't remember it very oh, much. I forget that was... I guess he because you watched it and then forgot it right yeah, away. Exactly, I took the advice <laughs> yeah. of whatever that guy's name was. It was actually no, I, I'll, I'll get on board with that. The on, the island was uh, you know enjoyable. It was derivative, but it was different from Michael Bay. Do you have uh, do you have one positive review there to read us, Nathan? Um, I guess from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Okay. Uh, the centerpiece is the attack for fifty minutes. Uh, the filmmakers unleash nonstop eye candy. That's it. <laughs> That's the positive review. That's basically my review. <laughs> <laughs> All the positive reviews are like, it sucks, but go see it. <laughs> You'll like parts of it. Again, it, 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 it ba- the the reviews that are positive are saying, you know, yeah, watch it for, I guess the spots that you're supposed to watch it for and then ignore it for the rest because really the spots you're supposed to watch it for are the you know the, is the attack on pearl harbor don is... johnson of the toronto star says the theater had air conditioning five stars <laughs> i was able to beat the spring heat <laughs> because this movie was released in spring this is a weird one this is the last one i'll read uh because this is a positive review and it's a three and a half out of five and it says it's this is the 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 snippet they took from this review it's just a bit unfortunate that such an incredible noble story one which turned a nation around and galvanized a generation into action should be told by such weak storytellers so his 3.5 <laughs> stars was for the actual attack itself just, just the I, fact that it happened i think yeah. all the positive reviews they just watched the 45 minute attack scene <laughs> yeah i probably and maybe cuba Goody um i got one uh, one last negative one okay. it's from um popular science <laughs> Huh? Is it? Shit! I thought this was a summer movie. Why am I watching it in spring? All right. That is not on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I would like to recommend to listeners, uh, personally, if you want to watch a movie about Pearl Harbor, uh, Tora, a, Tora, Tora. Exactly. It's a bit dry. Absolutely. But it's got in it, and it is directed by American and Japanese directors. Was it Kurosawa that did the Japanese end of that? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. But uh, uh, Toshiro Mifune is in it, and it is a really cool movie. So watch Tora Tora There's so many good movies that you could watch with the war setting Mm -hmm. that were not this movie. I mean, Enemy at the Gates, Flags of Our Fathers, Mm -hmm. uh, Saving Private Ryan. Pearl Harbor. uh, (laughs) No, not Pearl Harbor. Shut up. (laughs) 
<laughs> if you could strike him, that'd be fantastic. Wow. <laughs> Ouch! That was real. Good. You deserved every bit of that. Um. So, I mean, let's, uh, let's... If you want to give us a little hint for next uh, for the next two weeks, yes, actually, I have a uh, a guest of mine who's going to uh, to give the hint. Uh, just give me one second, I'll uh, bring him in. Okay. Hello, it's your good friend Montrose here. Um, uh, just before I give this hint for the next film for this um, this this podcast, uh, do check out my uh, my YouTube channel Montrose Monkington TV, and do feel free to uh, join in and following my Facebook group Montrose Monkington Esquire and Friends. Um, now for your tip for your for your hint for your next film, demons in a piano. That's ridiculous. Thanks, Montrose. Get out of here, you smelly rapscallion. What? Hates me. I don't know wow. why. Wow, wait. So, did but... he record that perfectly to... No, he oh, was okay. right oh. there with... That's why I said goodbye to him, and he called me well, a smelly well, rapscallion. Well, that's, that's why I was confused. I thought he recorded and st- knew that you were going to say something. Like, I thought... <laughs> no. I, that's really no impressive. Respect. No respect. So, yeah. No, Jason... Demon... Demons in a piano. Demons in a piano. Hint. I am... Yeah. I am scared and aroused. <laughs> Um, yeah, Jason, if you don't know, uh, Montrose Monkington and Nathan do not get along. No, 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 it's, no. it's I, I, I could hear the tension a bit, but I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, that, you're just calling me a smelly rapscallion, and that's actually light for oh, him. Oh, yeah, and, he's he's yeah. unloaded some bombs on this show. That's monkeys for yeah. him. So, well, yeah. well you look looking quick. Well, before you do, actually, I want to thank Jason for coming by. Thank you for having me. Yes. I always enjoy being here with you guys. <sighs> Thank you for, you know, suffering through with us. I, Misery does love company. I'm always happy to join. Mm. But I noticed, Nathan, you uh, you seem a bit inquisitive, so I'll, I'll let you go ahead and ask a couple questions if you want. You know, Brendan, uh, we watched a movie um, where, you know, the historical figures with rich stories themselves to be told were put to the side. And with a movie like that where they've absolutely missed the point of the actual movie that they're supposed to be making, the subject matter, uh, and, and actually doing a total disservice to the uh, the men and women who were present at that uh, attack. I just really need to know, what were they thinking? 